You are listening to the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Hot Tip Bets Podcast, the UFC 258 and College Basketball Picks Edition. Um, we're breaking down the card for the upcoming fights this weekend, giving out a picks for a couple of the fights that I really like for this weekend, um, as well as looking ahead at college basketball, seeing all the games we got going on the weekend and whatnot. Before we get into that, as always, let's take a look back at how our picks did um, from Tuesday's episode. Starting out on Tuesday, first game we had, we had Notre Dame plus six and a half versus Duke. Now, Notre Dame has been playing pretty good here though, as of late um, after a rough start to the season. Duke, on the other hand, not so much, continuing to struggle. Um, and Notre Dame came out, um, wins this game 93-89. to um, Pretty good game for uh, Notre Dame. Hits a three at the end to seal the win, seal the cover. Um, although six and a half, it would have been, <laughs> they would have had to do something real stupid to not cover this one. Um, but Cormac Ryan had an amazing game uh, for Notre Dame, hitting that last second three, scoring a career-high 28 points. Um, for them in this game, and Notre Dame just shot the ball better in this one, 52 point or 55.2% from the field, Duke 52.2 from the field, so get a win in that one to start off a pretty good week. Second game on Tuesday, had Kent State taking on Bowling Green, Kent State pick them in this one, Kent State ends up winning 71-67, to um, Travell Beck puts up 18 points for the flash in this one, um, and Kent State really did a good job rebounding, 39 rebounds in this one, Bowling Green only 37, so... Um, get another win. Go two and zero on Wednesday, uh, which, if we're being honest, it's been a while since we've had a an undefeated day with you know more than one game on it. So um, good there. Um, and luckily, that luck seemed to continue into Wednesday. Um, starting out the first game we had, we had East Tennessee State taking on the Citadel. Now the Citadel were seven point underdogs in this one. However, Citadel ended up winning this game by eight, um, doubling up their spread, seventy nine to seventy one. Um, Hayden Brown puts up 21 points, 12 rebounds, and 6-6 six to, six to the Citadel. He had an absolutely crazy game. Um, was all over the court making all sorts of plays to help win this one. Citadel shot very well in this game, 49.1% from the field. ETSU only 384 from the field. So get up a win to start out um, Wednesday's card. Next game we had on Wednesday was one that wasn't given out. Um, on the podcast, ended up just tweeting it out on Twitter, and that is Northern Iowa versus Drake. Now, originally wasn't on Drake in this one. Um, I'd kind of gotten off Drake after they, you know, we were on him forever in the beginning, but then they started not covering as much, um, and we got kind of off of him there. But Drake is, I, I was back on Drake for this game, um, and I'm glad I was, you know, saw some stuff on Twitter, really liked him coming to this one. Tromel Murphy puts up 18 points for Drake in this one, and Drake just shot lights out after after their first loss of the season to Valpo um, on Sunday. Coming to this game, fired up, ready to go. Um, th- shooting 37.5% from three. Northern Iowa, only 25% from the field. So um, Drake gets the win, gets the cover there. Um, and we'll talk about it here in a little bit, but we'll see if they can keep up the momentum um, into their doubleheader against Loyola Chicago this weekend. Um, but the next game we had on Wednesday had an SEC game between LSU and Mississippi State. LSU, two and a half point underdogs. LSU ends up winning this one outright, 94 to 80. Um, getting the win for us. Cameron Thomas puts up 25 points for LSU. And then this one had a crazy game. And LSU was just shooting lights out in this one. 61.3% from the field. Mississippi State only 53.6% from the field. So um, get the win there. And the last game we had on Wednesday, uh, looking to keep us undefeated. Don't quite get it. Um, St. Louis, we had them minus eight versus Rhode Island. Now St. Louis ends up winning this game by seven. Um, and had a decent chance to try and cover the spread late. Um, but Rhode Island hits a three. Um, with a few seconds left on the clock to take the lead, and they don't foul, um, giving them the cover. 
Um, St. Louis on this one did a really good job not turning it all over. Only four times in this game they turned it over. Rhode Island, on the other hand, turned it over 12 times. Um, but it just wasn't quite enough for St. Louis to get that eight-point spread um, and cover it. So end up losing that game, but still have a good day. Three and one on the day, um, five and one on the week. Um, and as far as Thursday's picks go, as uh, as I record this, still in progress. Got Colorado minus one and a half versus Stanford um, and Troy. Um, taking on South Alabama, South Alabama minus seven and a half in that one. So definitely take a look at the website to see how those games ended up finishing out um, for that card. But moving into UFC 258. Now UFC 258, you know, it feels like we were, <laughs> we just had a pay-per-view, which we did, um, I guess, it, you know, it is three weeks ago or whatever at this point. But we only had one, um, one actual UFC card since then. But this card, there is some good fights, and one fight that really sticks out to me, obviously you got the main event, but the co-main event, Macy Barber versus Al, uh, Alexa Grosso. Now, Macy Barber lost um, in her fight. She fought uh, about a year ago um, at this point. She lost that fight, but she is 8-1 in her career, um, so uh, very good fighter. You know, she was billed as one of the, you know, the up-and-coming fighters. You know, her nickname <laughs> by the UFC is the future, so... Um, obviously they think that she was, she, gonna, she is, or was going to be something special. I think she is, still is. Um, Alexis Grosso on the other hand, 12 and 3, um, in her career. But the one thing about Macy Barber that really tricks out to me, um, is her takedowns, which isn't something necessarily that, uh, that she's, I guess, known for, or you would look at right away. Um, but her takeout defense, um, 80% on takedown defense. Um, but that's not, you know, and Alexa Grosso, on the other hand, her takedown accuracy, 40%, um, which her defense is 63%. So, you know, not not terrible. But Macy Barber has done a really good job um, in her fights, you know, averaging about one takedown a fight, you know, 0.95 takedowns per 15 minutes. Alexis Grosso, um, 0.32 takedowns per 15 minutes. So, um, Macy Barber, I would expect her to probably try and take this one to the ground at least once in this fight. Um, based on that, but she's a very good striker too. You know, 6.02 strikes per minute. Alexa Grosso, uh, 5.35 strikes per minute. Um, but BC Barber is very accurate with those strikes, hitting on 60% of them. Um, Grosso only with a strike accuracy of 42%. So, um, I like Macy Barber, especially as the slight underdog in this one, you know, plus 105. Um, as a recording this, I know it's moving the other direction. I would not be surprised if this is, um, basically, um, even money or not even money, but you know, the fighters are, uh, even, um, I don't know. I can't find the word for that, but <laughs> I would not be surprised. Um, if this is a very, if odds are very close come the start of this fight, but Macy Barber plus one Oh five for the first pick. And I'm moving into the main event. Second pick for UFC 248. Kamar Usman taking on Gilbert Burns. Uh, Usman is the pretty heavy favorite in this one. Minus 240 um, at the recording of this. Usman comes into this fight 17-1 and in his professional career. Uh, Burns 19-3. and um, And Usman has, is just a fun fighter to watch. You know, we've seen him in the last, his last couple pay-per-views. Um, pretty quick fights, you know, knocking... Knocking some guys out, but he he's doing a very good job. He's he lands a lot of strikes, you know, 4.5 um, strikes per minute with a strike accuracy of 53%. Burns on the other hand only hitting 3.15 strikes per minute uh, with an accuracy of 46%. Um, but one thing Usman does very well is his takedown defense. Never been taken down, 100% um, takedown defense, um, and, and that really shows, you know, on the other side too. He, you know, 3.38 takedowns per 15 minutes for him, um, which is really good. Burns, on the other hand, defense at 50% um, and only having 2.21 takedowns um, per 15 minutes. And, you know, Usman is just more accurate in that too. 47% in his takedown accuracy. Burns only 37%. So um, Usman definitely is the favorite and he's the favorite for good reason. Um, you know, I don't love laying 240 on him. But 
I think I don't I don't see a way that he doesn't win this fight. I think he's the obvious choice for that one. So got Usman minus 240 to finish out UFC 258. Before we get into college basketball picks for the upcoming weekend, let's take a little bit look at some of the news um, that's coming out of the of college basketball world um, this past week. The first thing, one of the bigger I guess not bigger news stories. <laughs> one news story: uh, the CTI tournament has officially been canceled for the 2021 season. I'm um, not super shocking here, you know. Obviously, we have a bunch of small teams um, playing in a <laughs> in an invitational tournament like that. It's not it's not exactly it, you know they're, they're not going to want to pay to go play in that tournament, even though you know it's you know home games or whatever for them. A lot of teams are just not going to. Not gonna want to do that um, in the COVID game, so I definitely, I definitely see why it got canceled. It's a little bit sad, you know. CTI, CBI. I know the CBI does the uh, best of three for the championship game. I can't remember if that the CTI also does that. Um, to be quite honest, I have not watched a ton of CTI um, tournament games. You know, a little busy with you know March Madness at that point in the season. Um, but thought I'd just throw that out there. If, yeah, if you're a small team that's hoping to get get a bid to some tournament this year, we are now down to three tournaments instead of the um, usual four that we would have in a normal season. Um, but speaking of March Madness, the big tournament, the NCAA National Championship, um, we learned a little bit more this week what some of the scheduling and games might look like. We already knew that there was not going to be Thursday games. Well, the playing games are going to be on Thursday. And round one is going to start um, then on Friday and Saturday. Um, so we know that. We know more of the TV schedule. And if you want to see the TV schedule, go look it up. It's not a, not super important, to be honest. It's on CBS, TNT, True TV, and uh, TBS, as always, um, or at least as has been for the last, um, I don't know, however many years it's been Turner Broadcasting. But um, one thing that's very interesting, the second weekend of the tournament, um, we knew that the Sweet 16 was going to be played on Saturday and Sunday, but we didn't really know exactly how that would look. Now we know that that means that there's the four games on Saturday and the four games on Sunday are all going to be in their own time slot, um, which is actually, I think, it's almost an upgrade for the second weekend. You know, it's kind of annoying um, for, you know, Thursday and uh, Friday night of the Sweet 16. You know, you got games being overlapped, which isn't, you know, isn't the worst thing in the world. Obviously, every other night of the college basketball season, there's games overlapped. Um, but when you get down to there, it is nice to have standalone games, especially for ones that are as um, important as the Sweet 16. Um, and then that also means the Elite Eight just going to be played uh, Monday and Tuesday night, which in really, in, in retrospect, is not a huge deal that those games aren't going to be played on Saturday and Sunday. It really honestly doesn't matter a whole lot. Um, and then as always, the Final Four in the National Championship on Saturday and then on Monday. So um, a little bit changed there, but not not the worst thing in the world. Um, before we get into some picks, though, there is one game that I don't have an official pick for <laughs> for this upcoming weekend, but that I want to talk about a little, um, and that is Drake taking on Loyola Chicago. Um, now, Drake is looking like they're going to be um, about a three-point underdog. That's what Ken Palm um, has it as is the recording in this. Um, and they, do, they are going to be playing twice this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, like... Um, I was going to say all the Missouri Valley, but Drake just played Northern Iowa in a one-off game this week. But like most of the the Missouri Valley games this season, doubleheaders. Um, and Loyola Chicago, you know, I, I really liked Drake for a lot of the season. You know, I bet on Drake. I mean, I bet on Drake back in their first game of the season when they played uh, Kansas State. You know, I had Drake as plus seven going into that game. And, you know, Drake just <laughs> wa- uh, destroyed them in that game. Kansas State never really recovered. Um, but Loyola Chicago is a team that, you know, Loyola Chicago is in the top 25 of the hop tip bet rankings. They're in the top 25 of the AP top 25. And it's just this Loyola Chicago team, 
Um, they really just feel like the best team in the Missouri Valley. And I hate to say that, you know, I love, I love watching Drew Drake all season. Um, but this game, these two games right here are really going to show us a lot um, with how the Missouri Valley um, is going to shape up. Whether or not, you know, how this game happens is, is going to be, you know, if they can get two bids in the tournament. You know, Drake, sure, they only have one loss. Um, to Valpo last weekend, but they have no quadrant one wins. I mean, Drake's best win right now is against Kansas State, which Kansas State is 10th ranked team in the, the Big 12. So these two games against Loyola Chicago, Drake can't lose both of them. They got to win one of these um, if they want a real shot at an at-large bid. Um, but, you know, Drake also has, you know, if they just win the tournament, then <laughs> then they're in. Um, same with Loyola Chicago, but I think Loyola Chicago currently has a little bit better path to the tournament than Drake. So Drake's got to win one of these games. Got to keep him close at least um, in order to have a shot at an art ledge bid. So um, it'll be interesting to watch. Definitely going to be two games that I will be tuning into over the weekend. But getting into some picks for this weekend. Starting out on Friday, um, got a pretty full Friday slate um, compared to what we've had um, at some points this season. But starting out, first game we got, we got Lipscomb minus four and a half. First, Jacksonville. Lipscomb comes into this game as the 201st ranked team in the hot to bit rankings. Jacksonville 308. Um, Lipscomb has done a very, very good job of shooting the basketball this season, hitting 36.5% of their shots from beyond the arc. Jacksonville, on the other hand, not quite as good, only 30.5% um, percent of their shots. And that kind of carries over for Lipscomb um, in all areas of their shooting. You know, 51.6% effective field goal percentage. Jacksonville only a 47.5% effective field goal percentage. I mean, while Lipscomb isn't, you know, the greatest team in the country as far as free throw shooting, only 70.8. That is that is still pretty decent. You know, making 7 out of 10 shots um, is nothing to sneeze about. But Jacksonville, on the other hand, only hitting 64.5. So, given, given Lipscomb the slight edge there. And Lipscomb is just a very good team on offense. 154th in adjusted offensive efficiency. Jacksonville, on their hand, one of the worst in the country at 339. And this kind of shows, you know, them t they turn the ball over quite a bit, turning over on 20.5% of their possessions. Uh, Lipscomb, on the other hand, only turning over on 18% of theirs. So, like Lipscomb, minus four and a half for the first play on uh, Friday's card. Um, the next game we got on Friday's card, we got Bellarmine, <clears throat> minus five and a half versus North Alabama. Now, Bellarmine comes into this game um, 336 in the hot tip bet rankings, but if we're being quite honest, that ranking's not entirely accurate. Um, it has a lot to do with the fact that they just weren't a team last year that really hurt their their preseason ranking, which, you know, by now, sure, a lot of the preseason stuff is is worked out of the rankings. Um, but if I'm being quite honest, that doesn't mean it's necessarily, it, it doesn't necessarily show some bias um, just with how it's set up, unfortunately. But, Bellarmine, well, I do think they're a slightly better team than 336. I don't know that they're um, super special. But they have played very good this season. You know, 11-5, and five, um, definitely a good record for, you know, a team uh, playing their first season in Division One. North Alabama, not terrible either at 10-6. and six. Um, But Bellarmine has shot the ball very well this season, um, especially from the field. 54.8 effective field goal percentage for this Bellarmine team. North Alabama, a 45.4 effective field goal percentage. Um, Bellarmine has also shot the three very well, 36.8 from beyond the arc. North Alabama, 29.3. Um, but Bellarmine... Really good on offense, 113th in adjusted offensive efficiency, which kind of makes up for their little bit of poor ranking um, in general. But North Alabama, 314 adjusted offensive efficiency. Um, and this, this Bellarmine team also done a good job not turning it over. Only turning it over on 17.4% uh, of their possessions. North Alabama, 19.9% of theirs. So like Bellarmine, minus 5.5 to cover against North Alabama. Next game we got on Friday, 
Got an ACC matchup between Georgia Tech and Clemson. Georgia Tech four and a half point underdogs. Um, now, this Georgia Tech team was a team that I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to uh, for most of the season, but I just happened to catch. I don't remember. I think they. I don't remember who they were playing. Uh, maybe Miami or Duke or someone. But I happened to catch one of their games, and I just realized that they're a very good basketball team. You know, they come into this game fiftieth in the hot tip bet rankings. Clemson forty sixth, but Clemson has been struggling lately. You know, terrible losses to Florida State, lost to uh, to uh, Virginia, barely snuck by Louisville. Um, have had questionable losses just up and down um, their schedule lately. You know, coming into this game at twelve and five, which isn't the worst in the world. Um, but they just have not been playing great basketball. You know, only hitting 31.6 of their shots from three. Georgia Tech hitting 36.1. Georgia Tech also doing a very good job um, shooting the ball from the field. 52.9 uh, effective field goal percentage. Clemson, on their hand, they had a 48.7 effective field goal percentage. And Drake, uh, not Drake, Georgia Tech um, doing a very good job not turning it over. Only turning it over on 15.6% of their possessions. Clemson turning it over on 19.5% of theirs. Um, and Georgia Tech, a way better job pulling down the off boards off the offensive glass, 27.2% of a rebounding off the offensive board, while Clemson only 23.1%. Um, so, you know, Georgia Tech, 51st in adjusted offensive efficiency, well, Clemson 102. I think Cle Georgia Tech team, this offense is going to be too much for this Clemson team to handle. You know, Clemson has really struggled when they, when they haven't been able to slow an offense down. Um, that's when they kind of just get blown out and don't do very good in the game. So, like Georgia Tech, especially getting points in this one, plus four and a half, I think it's a pretty easy cover uh, for Georgia Tech in that one. And the final game we got for Friday, got a Horizon League game between Detroit and uh, Cleveland State. <laughs> Detroit comes into this one as three and a half point underdogs. <clears throat> now, Detroit has been playing pretty good basketball um, as of late. Coming to this game as the 230th ranked team in the hot tip at rankings. Cleveland State, 208. Um, Detroit has shot the ball very well, though. 79.8% from the free throw line, uh, which is a, you, you know, one of the best free throw shooting teams in the country. I mean, they're not quite up there with, you know, Colorado, who I think is shooting like 85% from the free throw line. Just absolutely crazy. But they are, they are one of the better teams. Cleveland State on their hand only in 65.6 of their shots um, from the free throw line. But one thing that I think this game really comes down to um, is the three-point shooting, and Detroit just just destroys them in that. 38.3% from beyond the arc. Cleveland State, 32.5% uh, um, from beyond the arc. Um, and Detroit just has a much better offense. You know, 88th in adjusted offensive efficiency, um, while Cleveland State is 217th in adjusted offensive efficiency. Um, Detroit also doing a very good job not turning it over, only on turning it over on 17% of their possessions, while Cleveland State is turning it over on 20 0.2% of theirs. So, um, like Detroit, plus three and a half, um, especially getting those points, I think that's going to um, be a pretty easy cover for Detroit. So, closing out Friday's card, Detroit minus three and a half. Moving on to Saturday's card, the first game we got is a team that I bet uh, a few times this season um, is a MAC game. Got Toledo minus 11 minus, <laughs> minus versus Bowling Green. Um, now, Toledo comes into this game as 16 of 5 as one of the better teams in the MAC this season. Bowling Green 10 and 9. On the season, and this the Toledo team really backs their, you know, they're winning up with the stats. You know, hitting thirty eight point two percent of their shots from three, seventy seven point eight uh, from the free throw line, and an effective field goal percentage of fifty three point nine. You know, Bowling Green on their hand, not terrible stats by any means, but not quite up there on the same level as this Toledo team. Only hitting thirty two point two percent of their shots from three, seventy four point seven from the free throw line. Uh, with an effective field goal percentage of 48%. Um, and this Toledo team is honestly just one of the better teams in the country. 
Um, definitely on offense is, is up there with it. You know, 11th in adjusted offensive efficiency for this Toledo team. Bowling Green, 100th in adjusted offensive efficiency. Um, but it doesn't just stop on the offensive side of the ball for this Toledo team. Um, they're also a pretty decent defensive team. 168th in adjusted defensive efficiency. Bowling Green, 213th in adjusted defensive efficiency. Um, and, and these stats all kind of back up Toledo. You know, they've done a very good job of rebounding the basketball, um, especially on offense, pulling down 31.2% of the of the uh, the shots off the offensive glass, um, Bowling Green only hit getting twenty nine point three off the offensive glass. So definitely like Toledo um, to, to take care of business up against Bowling Green in this one. Next game on Saturday, got Colgate taking on Army. Now Colgate comes into this game um, as a slight favorite. You know, seven and one on the season for this Colgate team, 99th in the hot tip at rankings. Um, Army nine and four on the season, two hundred twenty sixth in the hot tip at rankings. Um, one thing that I really like about this Colgate team is how good they shot the ball. You know, um, compared to Army, you know, Army has really struggled shooting the ball this season, only hitting 33% of their shots from three, 60.4 from the free throw line, which 60.4 from the free throw line, um, one of the lower percentages in the country at this point in the season, um, and an effective field goal percentage of 53%. Um, Colgate, on the other hand, 38.3 from three, um, a, a pretty good free throw percentage of 76.1 um, and 56 effective field goal percentage for them. Um, but the, probably the most impressive thing about this Colgate team is not turning the ball over. Only turning it over on 13.4% of their possessions, which is pretty insane um, stat. Um, while, while Army turned it over on 18%, 0.4% of theirs. But it doesn't just stop there for Colgate. Um, Colgate also rebounded the ball very well, 28.1% um, off the offensive glass, while Army only 22.9%. Um, this Colgate's team is just a better team um, in general. 70. Second in adjusted offense efficiency, 149 adjusted defense, while Army 213th in adjusted offense, um, and, and a slightly better um, adjusted defense at 141. But this Army team is just not as good of a basketball team. This Colgate team, just a fun watch. You know, they've had a couple of games, um, had to get canceled and postponed and whatnot, but they seem to be pretty healthy um, as of now. Um, and this Colgate team, I really like them to beat this Army team and cover the spread. So Colgate to cover in that game. Um, the next game we got, we got Weber State taking on Montana. Now, Weber State comes into this one um, just after playing Montana, which actually is recording this. Um, not, that game, it's not quite happened. But Weber State comes into this one shooting the ball very well, 38% from beyond the arc. Montana, Montana, not Montana State. Montana comes in 36.4% um, from three. Um, but Weber State has done a very good job just shooting the ball in general. You know, 56.4 effective field goal percentage. Montana, 47.7 effective field goal percentage. Um, Weaver State has also done a good job not turning it over, only turning it over on 17.8% of their possessions. Montana turned it over on 20.4% of theirs. And Weaver State, just better team um, on both sides of the basketball. 143 adjusted offensive efficiency, 119 adjusted defensive efficiency. Uh, Montana, 206 adjusted offensive efficiency, and 201 adjusted defensive efficiency. So, like Weber State, uh, to take care of business, cover against Montana in that one. Next game we got for Saturday, pretty big card on Saturday here, but we got Moorhead State taking on Belmont. Um, now, Belmont is kind of, I don't know, come out of nowhere. It's hard to come out of nowhere when you're 20-1 and one on the season, um, but Belmont has been a very good basketball team this season, 90th in uh, the hot tip at rankings. Moorhead State, 252nd in the hot tip at rankings at 15-6 and six on the season. Um, this Belmont team... They're just they're just an underrated team somehow at twenty and one, um, but they have shot the ball very very well this season. Thirty seven percent from the three four from the three from three for this Belmont team, 
40, 74.4% uh, from the free throw line with an effective field goal percentage of 59.4. Moorhead State, on the other hand, 32.7% from three, 66.1% from the free throw line, and an effective field goal percentage of 51.6. Now, one thing that this Moorhead, team, Moorhead State team has really struggled with this season is holding onto the basketball. They turned it over a lot, a lot this season, turning it over on 24% of their possessions. Belmont, on the other hand, really good job holding onto the basketball, only turning it over on 16.3% of theirs. Um, this is really backed up by just how good of an offensive team this Belmont team has been. Um, 27th in adjusted offensive efficiency. Well, Moorhead State, not very good. 237th in adjusted offensive efficiency. So, well, Belmont um, is the favorite in this one. I do like them to cover the spread um, and, uh, and win the game cover the spread in that game. Um, and the final game we got for Saturday's car got an ACC matchup between North Carolina and Virginia. Um, now, North Carolina is is probably the last hope of the of North Carolina between North Carolina, Duke, and Kentucky. North Carolina seems like the only hope for one of those teams to make the tournament. Um, North Carolina comes into this game at twelve and six on the season. Virginia comes in at fourteen and three. Um, but I really do like the Virginia team in this game. Virginia has been playing very very good basketball. One of the best free throw shooting teams in the country at eighty one point seven. Um, percent while North Carolina 65.8 percent um, but it doesn't really just stop there for this Virginia team also hitting the threes very high um, at 39.5 percent North Carolina hitting the three only at 32 percent um, and Virginia just a better shooting team all around 57.9 percent uh, from the field effective field goal percentage North Carolina effective field goal percentage of 48.4 um, and, th and this Virginia team just yeah, the stats just don't lie for them. You know they've only turned it over on only turned it over on fifteen point four percent of their possessions. North Carolina turns it over on twenty one per or twenty one percent of theirs. And when you think of this Virginia team, you obviously think of a defensive team, um, but you kind of be surprised to see this Virginia team actually is higher in adjusted offensive efficiency than they are in adjusted defensive efficiency. You know, 13th in adjusted offensive efficiency, 16th in adjusted defensive efficiency, um, which both of those better than North Carolina, 50, uh, 57th in adjusted offensive efficiency for North Carolina, 31st in adjusted defensive, that just defensive efficiency for North Carolina. So like Virginia um, as the favorite to get the spread and cover that game. The, to close out Saturday's card. Moving on to Sunday's card, I uh, got a couple games here. First one we got Lafayette versus Loyola Maryland. Um, uh, Lafayette comes into this game as the 198th ranked team in the hot tip at rankings at six and four on the season. Loyola Maryland uh, one and six on the season as the 232nd ranked team. Um, now Loyola Maryland really struggled to shoot the ball. Um, really from anywhere this season, you know, 29.5% from three Lafayette, 36.8% from three. Um, but Loyola Maryland, once that really sticks out only 62.7% from the free throw line, which is not very good at all compared to Lafayette, 80, 80.1% from the free throw line, which is up there, um, with the top free throw shooting teams in the country. Um, and Lafayette also done a very good job, not turning it over, only turning it over on 14.8% of their possessions. Um, my Loyola Marion turned it over on 20.5% of theirs. I mean, Lafayette um, is just a better team on offense in general. 155th in adjusted offensive efficiency. Loyola Maryland, um, two, two, uh, 250th in adjusted offensive efficiency. So, like Lafayette to get the cover um, and win that game. And the final game we got for Sunday. Um, got one that I've actually... <laughs> I actually bet on earlier this season. Got Miami taking on Notre Dame. Um, now, in that first game, Notre Dame was a pretty small uh, favorite, but these two teams have kind of been trending in complete opposite directions. 
Um, Notre Dame, quite a, a decently sized favorite in this one. Uh, Notre Dame comes into this game as a 69th ranked team in the hot debate rankings. Miami 115. Um, but Notre Dame has just been shooting pretty dang good in their last few games. You know, 39 point or yeah, 39% from the three. Uh, well, Miami 29.4% from three. Um, Notre Dame 77.1 from the free throw line. Well, Miami 68 from the free throw line. Um, and they just got a better uh, effective field goal percentage. This Notre Dame team does 55.4 from the field. Um, while Miami an effective field goal percentage of 48.1. And all of that is really backed up just with how good of an offensive team this Notre Dame team is. You know, 12th in adjusted offensive efficiency, Miami 167th. Um, and this is really just showing Notre Dame not turning the ball over, holding on to possession, making shots, getting shots when they can. Fifth, or, uh, uh, yeah, 15.5% um, turnover percentage, while Miami turned it over on 19.6% of their possessions. So um, while they are a little bit of a favorite in this one, I do like Notre Dame to cover the spread. Um, to close out Sunday's card. Now, as far as Monday's games goes, um, it's a pretty small card on Monday. There's only like 10 or so games on that card. So no plays for Monday's card um, as of now. If that changes, definitely take a look on Twitter. Um, but that about wraps that up for the college basketball picks for this season. Um, not this season, for this for this weekend. Um, definitely go over to hottipbest.com. Take a look at the computer model picks up on the website. Got horse racing picks up there. Um, got college basketball picks every day up there for all the games, plus, you know, the top plays and whatnot. Got NBA picks, NHL picks, um, and I guess right now, <laughs> that's about it. I guess we got UFC picks up there, you know, UFC 250, um, 258 picks got up, the <clears throat> got those picks up there um, for that for the weekend, so definitely go check all those out. Also, check out the rankings on the website, you know, college basketball, NBA, NHL rankings up right now. MLB rankings um, will be up here in about a month or so, you know, once the season gets going also take a look at the results over on the website for you know both the podcast picks um and all of the computer model picks up on the website um if you're not already following me on twitter and instagram make sure you check me out hot tip bets chris on both platforms um also make sure you follow the hot tip bets um count in general um on you know twitter instagram facebook tiktok youtube uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed if you're watching this video on youtube hit the like button down below subscribe to the channel it really helps out um, and yeah, if you got a comment, want to reach out, definitely reach out on, you know, contact form on the website, hit me up in the DMs. Um, don't hit me up in the Instagram DMs though. I've talked about this before, but I, I never check them. So if you're going to hit me the DMs, definitely do it on Twitter. But um, yeah, that about wraps it up for this week's episode of the Hot Tip Bets podcast. And I'll see you all on Tuesday.